Hi, I'm Gemma Montgomery and welcome to the Excel with Ease business podcast, bringing together service-based business owners in the aesthetic, medical health and wellness sector. Here, we discuss different topics to help you grow a thriving business with ease, supporting your ultimate life vision. Hi there, welcome to this week's podcast episode all around pricing. Yep, setting your prices, such a huge, huge, juicy topic and a topic that I think is really quite highly emotionally charged for many, many people. I know in the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, money and being able to receive money in return for the service that I provided was very, very difficult. Now, I'm not sure if this was because I was from a, you know, medical nursing background where, you know, society sees us as um, caring and selfless and, you know, in return for the service that we provide. And I think we've got to remember when we've come from from that kind of background, you know, we've gone into work, we've done the best for our patients, whether we're nurses, whether we're physios or whether we're from sort of healing backgrounds. And, you know, that that patient hasn't directly then exchanged money with you for the service that you have provided. Your money essentially has come from a big organisation such as the NHS. So to then suddenly go to provide a service one-on-one with somebody and then be on the receiving end of the money coming back to you for the service that you have provided, it can make many, many people feel quite uncomfortable. So I want you to remember that this uncomfortableness to begin with, this alien feeling essentially, is really, really normal and it's something that so, so many people, myself included, struggled with and do struggle with. And in particular, when I started the training side of things with my work, so when I worked for the um, national training company, I was meeting people all over the UK, you know, from Birmingham to Nottingham to Leeds. And after every single training session, you know, they they were qualified essentially they had the basics they could go they could inject they could treat people but the one question I was asked from 95% of people I would say on the training courses was what should I charge what do you charge you know blah 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 um so this was at the forefront of everybody's mind which is why I want to start opening the um, topic up around this today, just to see if there's anything that I can help you with that you might be struggling with now. And then on the back of that, we'll discuss it a little bit further in other uh, podcast episodes. Now, I had to really work on my own money blocks, my own money stories, my limiting beliefs, everything that was blocking my ability to receive to be able to run a nice healthy sustainable business 
So I actually invested um, with a coach at the time and it was a coach, she's still a coach now if you want to look her up, she particularly focuses on uh, women, entrepreneurial women and money. Um, So it's coaching them all around where their blocks, where their limiting beliefs may be and helping them to resolve these blocks and these limiting beliefs so they have a, a better ability to receive and they can then grow lovely, sustainable businesses. And the coach is called Denise Duffield Thomas. She's a lovely Australian lady. And if you do want to look her up, she has an excellent book that I can recommend called Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. Great title, makes you want to open the book straight away. But why I'm saying this is I can't take credit for all this work. This was kind of elements that I learned within her coaching programme, which... Again, snippets I'll, I'll pass on to you today to hopefully help get you asking yourself some questions really and opening your eyes as to where you may be sabotaging yourself and holding yourself back. So if we break money down into its simplest form, money is simply an exchange of energy. It's a basic exchange of value. So your ICA, your ideal client, has a particular issue that they would like help with and that they would like solving and you have the ability to be able to help them with this problem and as best as you can help to solve this problem. And by you solving this problem, they have seen value and they have exchanged money in return for the issue that you have solved. So why does our relationship with money become so complicated and so highly emotionally charged? Well, most of the blocks, most of the beliefs, most of the stories that we tell ourselves start really, really early on in childhood. So it could be beliefs that you've taken on from your parents, from your grandparents, aunts, uncles, siblings, primary caregivers, you will have witnessed things and had experiences and heard them discuss the subject of money and sooner or later their opinions and their beliefs begin to become a part of you and you carry on that same belief and that same story and that same view around money. So if we look at it in those terms, often it's not your own experiences, although it can be. It's it's the beliefs of other people that you have taken on. And these beliefs can be really, really limiting. And they can be really, really holding you back in your business and in your ability to receive and in your ability to be able to take care of yourself, take care of your family and take care of your clients in a sustainable way. So looking at these stories and looking at these beliefs is the first step that we can begin to take to start to unravel um, this such highly emotional charge around money and how we kind of self-sabotage and hold ourselves back. So what I had to do in the beginning was I had to basically 
write down every memory that I could think of around money. So it could be phrases that I'd heard my parents say, um, phrases that I'd, I'd heard grandparents say and siblings. It could be experiences that I'd had um, growing up around money and things that I'd kind of witnessed or seen. So, you know, if you think about your money memories, phrases that you might have heard growing up from parents or whoever was around you were could be things like, you know, rich, wealthy people are bad people, money doesn't grow on trees, um, they must have done something underhand to be able to get that kind of money. You know, I'd rather be poor and happy than rich and unhappy or it could be I'd rather be poor and healthy than rich and unhealthy. All these phrases and all these experiences tend to get embedded in us. It could be things that you've witnessed, you know, it could be parents divorcing and big arguments around money. It could be something so simple as you were always the the child that received your older brother or sister's hand downs. It could be things that you've watched on TV, on movies. It could be friends that you had at school, you know, friends that might have been well off financially, um, different views, different opinions that they held, you know, the comparisons. You know, it could be something such as that you've witnessed your parents always working, you know, really, really hard seven days a week and still kind of um, experiencing a, a lack and a not enoughness of money. So, so common are all these themes. And again, it doesn't mean that anything's wrong with it. We've all experienced similar um stories around money but what I want you to do is really really start thinking as early on as you can about every experience that you've encountered around money and I want you to start writing those experiences down you know even even when you you know you became an adult you may have had an an employee where you went to try and get a raise of your salary and the raise was turned down which again might have led to feelings of unworthiness and you know undeserving of, um, of, of a, a salary that's higher. There's so, so many memories and they'll be unique to each and every one of you. But what I want you to do is start to bring those beliefs to light by writing them down on paper. It could be an experience that you've, you know, experience that you've had that's made you feel that you're not very good with money or that you're unable to handle money properly. Just anything that you can think of from birth up to now around money, I want you to get it all down on paper because when we start to see things and we get these ideas down on paper, it starts to kind of open things up and helps us begin to examine our behaviours and our interactions and how we may be sabotaging ourselves. So if I give you some examples of mine, um, I definitely, you know, didn't grow up rich. I didn't grow up poor, but I didn't grow up rich. You know, my mum she still works now, bless her. Um, she was, she's a nursing assistant. You know, my dad's a joiner. We... We're the kind of family where nose to the grindstone, work hard for very little back in return. 
So let me just give you a little bit of background, say, you know, for my own experiences. I definitely heard the phrases growing up in my family that rich people were not very nice people. So I definitely had some hang-ups around money. I just, I suppose with me, I didn't believe that, um, you know, wealth could be possible. And what happens is you'll start to realise that you're basically living your life and running your business based on these memories, based on these limiting beliefs. So, for instance, in my family, I was brought up with the belief that work has to be really hard. You know, you've got to really, it's got to feel tough. You've got to have your nose to the grindstone for very little return. Um, Money, you know... um, doesn't stay in your life money comes and as soon as it comes through the door something comes up and money has to go back out of the door to pay for something else and what you obviously what you feel and what you believe becomes your reality and for many many years that was my reality until I began to really examine these beliefs and start to change these beliefs you know why can't you be comfortable and healthy why can't you be comfortable and a good person and once you really start to unpick these beliefs and I keep saying the word beliefs what you can then do is change your software and look for people that are shining examples of the opposite side of the belief that you held so you can look for somebody that's very comfortable running a great sustainable um, business that looks after themselves that are wealthy that does good in the world you know you can name countless examples of these kinds of people that will show you that money doesn't you know being wealthy and running a great business doesn't mean you're a bad person you can look for the person that's wealthy and rich if you were always told that you can't have both you know you can't have money and you you know you can't have health at the same time You can look for the person who's welfare, who has a great marriage, a person who's running a great business and doing good in the local community. It's just beliefs and experiences and that's all it is. I also want to remind you that I'm not always talking about lack of money as such. You may have grown up in a family that was very wealthy in terms of money, but it, you know, you may have had control in the family, be it material or emotional around money. You may have had parents who decided your career in terms of the earning potential that was involved or, you know, being kind of forced to go down a career path that's more in line with family tradition because this is what we do in our family, for instance. There could be all sorts of hang-ups and expectations that have been put on you in terms of money. So try not to look at it just from what would be deemed as more of a sort of poor family. It's all more about the emotions and the experiences that go behind any experience with money. What I believe is if you're an arsehole, money is going to make you more of an arsehole. If you're a good person, money will make you more of a good person and you'll do good things with it and contribute good to the world. You don't have to be talking about millions here. It could be the amount of money that ensures that your 
bills are paid and the groceries are paid and you you know you can have lovely breaks with your family you're not always in that feast and famine mode and feast and famine mode is such a dangerous dangerous place to be and what I also learned from beginning to do this exercise was that pricing is extrinsically linked to your own self-esteem and your own self-worth so if you don't believe in yourself your pricing will reflect that if you don't believe in your abilities your pricing will be lower and again it's not that there's anything wrong with that I think it's a normal habit that we all fall into but it's noticing and being aware of the behaviors that you have and why you're kind of doing the things that you do I can honestly say from a pricing psychology perspective the lower you go with your pricing because you're not feeling that self-worth and you know you've got all those money stories all those money beliefs generationally that have been passed down the more that you're tied to that and the more that you have those beliefs and the lower that your pricing is you really really are going to attract the wrong kind of client because believe me through experience 11 years experience I can guarantee that people that price shop that go for the latest deals and go for the cheapest service that they can see possible are the most painful pickiest clients so not only are you going from a place of not receiving and not being able to sustain yourself your business and your family and your health you're also going to be dealing with troublesome nightmare clients now you might be having a panic thinking Gemma if I price too high I just can't seem to get this right I might not be able to get any clients through the door believe you me Going with your self-esteem, going with your self-worth is worth its weight in gold. There's a whole host of clients out there ready and waiting for you. Clients that won't go where the price looks too cheap. By going too cheap, you're actually repelling those kind of clients. Those kind of clients will look around and they'll purposefully shop for the higher price. So again, it does depend on you know, your ICA and the way that you do business. But just with the whole psychology of pricing, the lower you go, the more awkward and picky and troublesome the client tends to be. And the more that you respect yourself and you have prices that are sustainable and fair, the better clientele you will have all round and more of a loyal clientele because they value you and they value the service that you provide and the service that they receive the wrong kind of client and you're also gonna not be able to run a business that's scalable you're not going to be able to run a business that's sustainable for you and your family and sooner or later you're going to really really hit burnout um, and not be able to take it any further once those realizations hit so it's okay you can still be a caring person an ethical person a person that wants to do good in the world a person that you know believe and doing good with that 
you know, doing good, filling your own cup up, helping your family, helping your community. It's okay to charge. And if, you know, you get one takeaway from this, because I know we don't have long on one podcast episode, you're providing a service and it's safe. It's okay to receive. It doesn't make you greedy. It doesn't make you ruthless. It doesn't make you a bitch. It makes you be able to serve better, serve your clients from a place of of wholeness and a place of good health. It makes you be able to be there and show up better for your family um, and for your community. And as I've said, you know, if you're a good person, money will make you more of a good person. If you're an arsehole, it's going to make you more of an arsehole. So really, really start to this week unpick those beliefs and those stories everything that you can remember and every any money memory whether it's a you know a saying that was passed down through the family or whether it's experiences that you've had around money growing up get it all down on paper and then what I want you to do is we're going to move on to a forgiveness exercise so forgiveness is so so important it's just a way of releasing that memory from your psyche it's a way of letting go and being able to bring something new forward so a simple forgiveness exercise that you can do is once you know it can be done on paper it can be done out loud it doesn't have to be done with a fancy candle under a full moon all i want you to do is once you've identified the memory I want you to say, I forgive you, I love you, and I let this go. Thank you for the lesson. And again, it can be written down, it can be said out loud. Some people like to use EFT tapping. I don't know if you've heard of that, where you tap on different points of the body as you release and as you forgive. But if that's just a little bit too much for you to take on board today, just write the memories down, get them out on paper, go through each memory, I forgive you, I love you, I let this go, thank you for the lesson. Simple as that. And just to finish off, again, I feel like I've really kind of gone over lots of different areas today and I want to break them down into a lot finer detail, but this is just a general overview In relation to your money blocks and your money sabotages and bringing those memories to light and how those beliefs you have around money might have been created, I want you to be aware of where you're sabotaging yourself. Again, another form of of money block. So are you discounting your services more often than charging full price? Are you offering your services for free? Are you exchanging services with somebody else? And I want you to really start noticing how often you're doing this. Because again, it's just another form of not allowing yourself the ability to receive. And when you start to make these subtle shifts and you become aware of it, You'll really see where you're you're leaking your boundaries and you're giving your power away. And it's really, really tough to swallow. But one of the biggest lessons I learned throughout this journey was who 
my true friends truly were and who kind of came out of the woodwork as soon, you know, as soon as they realised what I was doing and hoping for discounts. And you've got to really, really toughen up and you've got to think to yourself, hmm, how would you feel if I walked into your place of work and said to you, for the next hour, I'd like three quarters of your hourly rate, please. Flip it on its head and how would they respond? Because it's just the same you know, you're working and you're, you're, you know, you're running a business, you have bills to pay, family to support and just be really, really wary of where those kind of energy vampires and those vultures are. And again, like I've said, it's a really hard pill to swallow, but you do find out quite quickly. Again, forgiveness it's okay to receive for the services that you provide it's healthy you'll be able to come from a better place to be able to serve your clients you'll send a message out to the universe that you respect yourself and that you have boundaries you'll be able to serve your family better you'll be able to serve your community better what is sustainable about providing a service and not having any value back in return what strategies is that leading to? It's leading to burnout. It's leading to a depleted mum. It's leading to a depleted friend, a depleted wife. It's leading to you to start resenting your business, to not be showing up in the best way that you can for your clients. It's all about self-esteem, boundaries and self-worth. Now, I can't sit here and tell you what to charge, but just what I don't want you to get into the mistake of is looking around at everybody else because you can never ever base your prices around somebody else's pricing because all you're doing then is you're taking on that person's childhood, that person's money stories, that person's blocks, that person's belief. That is insane. It is an insane way to set your pricing and to run a business. You have to really sit and you have to, you know, work out the numbers for you and everything else that goes within running a business. It's not just a case of the product that you're administering. You've got all the consumables that go with it. You've got your training that goes with it. Not just training that you've done, but training that you'll have to do going forward. You've got insurances, you've got operational costs, you know, card machines, blah, blah, blah. The list is endless. I don't have to sit here and tell you all your operational costs, but you don't just base it on the product. Again, not sustainable. You're never going to be able to take this business anywhere other than burning out. You will have no energy and no reserves. So one really important takeaway, if you take anything away from today, is your pricing can be you know, very, very linked to your level of self-worth and your level of self-esteem and the stories that you tell yourself around money. If you quickly start to identify these beliefs, identify where these stories come from, get the pen and paper out, look back through your childhood. What stories did mum say, dad say? What did you experience? How have those beliefs in all the, you know, the things that you've witnessed begin to form your own beliefs around money? And once you change the story, you know, this, you tell yourself, this is not my story. I write a new story. Then 
the outside circumstances begin to change. I can't reiterate enough. I go through this at the end of every podcast episode. Everything starts from inside. Everything, everything is inside and that is then reflected in the outer. So good luck. As always, I want feedback. I'd love to know, you know, some of your own money memories, some of your blocks, some of the experiences that you've had that might be contributing to how your relationship with money is formed and your ability to receive. And you're doing good in the world. You're, you know, you deserve to receive. It doesn't make you a bad person. You have boundaries, you have self-worth. And, you know, if you don't have them, Firstly, with yourself, nobody else is going to have them. So I'm going to dive into this more in more detail going forward. But just as a general overview, I hope that's helped. And let me know. You say as well, just before I go, if you would like this podcast um, delivered directly to your inbox every week, then please sign up at www.timelesstraining.co.uk. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Excel with Ease podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered some useful takeaways. Please rate, review and hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And as always, pass to a friend who you think will find the content super useful. 